done fell right down that rabbit hole So reality is questionable Try but you just can't let it go These two right here put on the show It's paranormal overload with southern hospitality Haunted murder mayhem tip while discussing immortality Locations with a dark past History that comes to life Hillbillies with a knack for Everything that goes bump at night Overthinking if you by yourself These two will have you turning on the lights Mixing in a little comedy to make sure it all fits in just right Hey, Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Story Now here's your hosts Jerry and Tracy Paul Heather Dolph Ninja Sometimes they're cat Freddy, but never the ferrets. Hi, this is Dave Schrader from the Ghosts of Devil's Perch on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus, and you're listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hey guys, welcome to episode 316 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. I got a little bit of a rasp going on in my voice today. Trying to sound all sexy and stuff. My Barry White, you know, or Bon Scott, whatever. (laughs) Janis Joplin, somebody. Foghorn Leghorn? No, just kidding. (laughs) I say, I say, quit making jokes like that, woman. (laughs) All right. Tracy, as usual, we want to start off by thanking all of our military and civil servants of our allied supporters all over the world, and no matter which country you represent, thanks to everything you guys and gals and surface animals do. Yes, you guys rock. Thank you for having our backs, keeping our country safe, and we love you guys forever. Continue prayers. Yes, absolutely. Also, we want to make sure that we point out that, um, you know, you guys are always welcome if you're having a moment or you're having a time to where you're struggling with some things. You're always welcome to reach out to us. Um, I actually spent some time with, with someone who's reached out with me several times, hadn't always been, um, the conclusion that I wanted. Sometimes, sometimes these calls can be frustrated, but you just keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying. And I actually felt like that I had a good breakthrough with, uh, uh, one of our listeners this week after months and months of just continually talking. I think things finally went in a good positive direction. Good. So it. These things don't happen overnight all the time. Sometimes it takes one talk to make somebody feel better, and sometimes it takes several months of talks before, Mm -hmm. you know, they feel comfortable enough to to tell you certain things, I guess. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's totally fine. That's what we're here for. So don't be afraid to reach out. We're there for you. Our group is there for you. We love our group. They're awesome. Um, We do have a new number you can call if you'd rather go that way. It's 988 you can also text 741-741, and just know you're not alone. We're all here, day or night. Then I want to reiterate, when I say sometimes it can be frustrating, I don't mean that the other person, I just mean that you want to help so bad mm-hmm. that you kind of want things to progress faster than what oh, they yeah. do. That's the frustrating part. It's not with the, the people. It's the frustrating is, is thinking, man, what you know, I'm trying my best and I'm not, I'm yeah. not getting through or something, but... You know, that's what I meant by frustrating. I didn't want people to take that the wrong oh, way. Oh, no, not at all. You're not at all. And it's like you said, you, and it just takes time. You can't just accept, you know, expect it all to just be okay maybe after one conversation. But that's what happens when we hang in there. And in the end, hopefully everything works out just fine. Absolutely. All right, Tracy. We have uh, the live show coming up this Saturday in West Virginia. Tickets are still available, but there's not as many nope. by far. Mm-mm. 
So if you want to uh, grab that, uh, I would hurry up and do that. We're going to be with Serial Spirits, of course. That's Annie Weaves and uh, her significant other. Oh, Brendan. Brendan Shea. And uh, it's going to be so much fun. And you get a tour of the place all included in your tickets. And because of that, I actually didn't have a brand new interview this week. Uh, we were so tied up with some other stuff going on. And we were out of town a bunch this week that I didn't get a chance to get a new interview. But we're going to rerun one of Annie Weaves' interviews from uh, that she's done in years past. Right. And I think the one we got was from, uh, I guess, last October, I think. So uh, it's been a while ago. And I know we just heard from Annie in the video that was very touching that she did a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. But uh, this is a completely different one where she talks uh, about some cool stuff. Yeah. So we look forward to seeing you guys there and we can't wait for it to happen. So, so get your butts up there. Yeah. So I thought it would be cool to do a West Virginia story for this week just to kind of lead up to it. Um, and you know, I don't I didn't realize how many West Virginia stories we've done. Until I started digging through all these stories, and I'm like, man. No, we did that. Yeah, oh, we, we did, did that this, one too. We did that, we did that one, did this one, did that one. We probably covered as many West Virginia stories than, than any other state out there. I bet I bet West Virginia, if I was to just do a count, they probably have the lead on the most stories we've done. Cool. So, West Virginia's a pretty cool place. Yeah, I mean, definitely. when you start thinking Beautiful. about Mothman, Trans-Allegheny, Moundsville Prison... I mean, those are three huge ones right there, just nationwide. And then, of course, we've done the Greenbrier Ghost, which was the first ghost to ever technically have its testimony in court. <laughs> yeah. They convicted, you know, someone of murder. So, yeah, that, I mean, like I said, there's been tons. So today, I said, you know what? I can only find one real West Virginia story that I haven't done. So I'm saving that one for next week in the live show. So I decided to switch completely gears this week, and we're doing a place in England. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I could, no, no, I, I totally couldn't find that. any. Like I said, that, that's when I started digging. I was like, "Hey, it'd be cool. Let's do one." Lead up, but I was like, "But yep. I wanted to have a West Virginia story for next week," and I was like, "I can't find two that are big enough with all the ones that we've already done." Yeah, I just wasn't expecting you to go that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm surprised. So, Tracy, sometimes we like to feature a whole city or a town and sometimes even a country to talk about. We, know, we did Haunted Brazil. Yes. You know, so it was a whole country. And and I like to do that sometimes as opposed to just one location. And that's what we're going to do tonight. So we're going across the pond and we're going to a place called Yorkshire, England. Heard of it? I've heard of the Terriers. I've heard of the pudding. <laughs> well, the, the pudding actually came from there. Oh. In fact. Anyways, there's a small town in Yorkshire called Whitby. Now, this spooky town was the setting for Bram Stoker's Dracula. And, of course, Dracula was from Transylvania, but he made his way to Whitby, and that's where most of the story takes place. Alrighty. Whitby, if you've ever seen any pictures of it, Tracy, it's a little charming city with cobblestone streets and nice little quaint cottages. It really looks like a cool place. And I was actually speaking to uh, a gentleman the other day that, that lives in Scotland, and he was telling me that he's been to Whitby, and he was telling me about how awesome that it actually is. For yeah, that's pretty cool looking, for sure. It's one of the most well-known Gothic towns in the world. And we're actually going to find out later that they actually have uh, like a festival, goth festivals over oh, there. Oh, wow. I'm going to go that. A That'd couple cool. of times a year. Oh, really? 
So at first glance, at least in the daytime, Whitby seems to be a nice little sleepy, quiet fishing town. But at night, it literally becomes a ghost town. Because people are afraid to go out or because there's ghosts? No, because there's ghosts. Oh. Play on words. There are several different stories of hauntings and several haunted locations in Whitby. And we're going to talk about a bunch of them tonight. Some say that the ghost of St. Hilda, who founded Whitby Abbey, likes to hang out in the Abbey. So, I mean, it's her. She's found it. She should be able to hang out so, in it. Hey, it's her spot. Let her hang. She has often been seen peeking out from one of the highest windows. St. Hilda was actually mentioned in the book Dracula. Oh, really? So, she is far from the only spirit, though, in this town. There's a nun who broke her vow of chastity by the name of Constance de Beverly. The legend goes that when her sin was found out, she was bricked up alive inside the Abbey's walls. I cannot even imagine that. (laughs) Most of the sightings of Constance de Beverly, or should I say most of the hearings, are of a woman still pleading for her release decades after the incident. Tracy Whitby has two lighthouses on its coast, and one of them is haunted. People still man the lighthouses? I'm not exactly sure if they still man them. I'm sure they're automated. Like oh, most of well, them that's are. probably true. Yeah. But I mean, what would a lighthouse be without a ghost? Yeah, for sure. One of the two lighthouses is said to be haunted by a one-armed ghost. Nope, not Def Leppard's drummer. Jerry Polly. It's a man who felt his death onto the rocks under the lighthouse. Oh, that had to hurt. <laughs> this would have been bad enough if the spirit just, you know, tried to scare people. But he goes the extra mile. He tries to trip you so you can suffer the same fate that he did. That's just mean. It is mean. So we can't have a truly haunted town without some type of cryptid. I would say. So lucky for Whitby, there is the Barguest Hound. This dog is said to have red glowing eyes, and it's a hellhound. That's the best kind of dog to have. Mm-mm. Seen them on Supernatural too dang much. They're scary. <laughs> it roams the streets, and if you hear its growl, you're supposed to die soon. Oh, great. <laughs> now, of course... We've got some haunted hotels as well. The oldest is the Tudor Mansion. It was built in 1516. Nice. And then there is Bagdell Hall. It's said to be haunted by its former owner, Brown Bouchel. Now, Brown Bouchel was executed for his acts of piracy. His ghost is said to roam the halls and the stairways, and he's blamed for much of the poltergeist activity that takes place there. So... Let's say that you don't go to any of these places. You'd be safe, right? No. (laughs) Right. Because there's plenty of spirits that actually like to wander the streets after dark. So if you just like to wander around, you probably still got a a chance of being Mm -hmm. touched or hear a ghost. This includes the Barguest Coach. So you're probably thinking, well, what exactly is the Barguest Coach? So that's what I was thinking. (laughs) What? Anyway, it's a team of headless horses that pull this coach to the graves inside St. Mary's Churchyard. Oh, the horses ain't got no heads? Right. 
whoa. Well, that didn't sound country at all. Well, the horses ain't got no heads. And then I said, whoa. I'm <laughs> like, whoa, horses. And I didn't even mean to do that. The passengers on board are skeletons of sailors who make this trip on the third day after there's a funeral to pay their respects and gather the corpses of the fallen sailors that are buried there so they can take them back with them. They do it after every funeral? Sailors. Oh. After sailors are buried. Oh, okay. Not because, just and, a, a and we're going to get a little more into that a little bit later. A lot of these things we've touched on briefly, we're going to get into details. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to give you just a synopsis of how much stuff is going on here. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Whitby is home to the Whitby Goth Weekend, as I told you. That happens twice a year. This began in 1994, and it's actually grown every single year since. The festival draws in alternative lifestyle followers such as goths, punks, emos, and steampunks from all over the world. What's a steampunk? Steampunk is, um, (laughs) I'm trying to describe it. They wear like an older clothing, almost like you would see like old style, like, um, the round sunglasses and the the unique kind of hats and stuff. You see them a lot around. Like hippies? No, not hippies. I can't describe it right. I just have to show you pictures. Okay. That's but okay. most people know what I'm talking about. But yeah, they wear like the round glasses. And, and uh, as soon as I show it to you, you'd be like, oh, I see people dressed up like it for Halloween. Okay. So, and some people just like to do it all year round. Mm-hmm. That's so true. All right. So let's talk about some of the most haunted places in town. Most will tell you that because of the uh, aforementioned Whitby Abbey, that it's, it is the most haunted location in town. This is because the haunting of St. Hilda and Constance Day Beverly that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, the nun. We mentioned that Constance broke her vow of celibacy. Now, the story goes that she met and fell in love with a handsome knight. She fell so far in love with him that she couldn't help herself and she threw her vow of celibacy straight out the window. You mean she was horny? This is a family show. Oh. Yes. Anyways, once her secret got out, that's when it was ordered as her punishment to be bricked up alive in the wall. And I couldn't really find anything that said that really happened or if that's just a Well, didn't her myth. lover help her? Well, I mean, apparently not. If she was bricked up in a wall. Just like a typical man. <laughs> Continue on. There are several other haunted locations in town. Grape Lane, for example. Grape Lane was sometimes called Grope Lane because of the red light district being there. There was a bakery there. Probably that nun was there, too, to be honest with you. <laughs> there was a bakery there, and the bakery was the site of a tragedy. So there's this little girl, she was running an errand for her father. This errand consisted her taking her father's dinner to the bakery and warming it up. So the baker actually recognized the, the young woman. He'd seen her several times. She was, you know, a regular. And he allowed her to put the dinner in the oven by herself. He turned his back just for a second. And that's when he heard a blood-curdling scream. He turned around and he was horrified to see that the child was engulfed in flames. Her hair had caught fire from the oven. How? Wait, how did that happen? 
I mean, I'm guessing the oven had flames. I mean, it's not like like, not, like, like an oven our day, right? Right. So they had like, oh man, that's terrible. So, wow. It was too late for him to do anything with her. The girl actually died before she reached the infirmary. Her skin, they said, that it peeled off as she walked. I guess they were having to try to walk her to wherever. Probably couldn't hold her because... Yep, oh, the poor thing. But they said that her skin kind of peeled off as she walked. And many visitors now walk down Grape Lane, and they say that they see an apparition of a girl with flames surrounding her. Oh, how horrible. This sighting is often accompanied by the smell of burnt hair. Ugh. Man, that's a, just a really bad way to go. He should have he should have uh, heated up his own daggone dinner. Can you imagine how scary that would be to no. be walking down the street and you see a girl that's like covered in flames? No, I cannot imagine. I just feel so bad for her. You probably have that one smart ass tries to go up and light a cigarette off of her. Oh, good lord! So we mentioned St. Mary's Churchyard, Whitby was once full of sailors because we mentioned it's a little coastal town. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these sailors would die on dry land and they would have to be buried instead of the traditional burial at sea. Uh Oh, I get it. St. Mary's Churchyard is where most of these sailors were buried. And yes, in the book Dracula, he even visits the graves there. Dracula? Yes. Wow, what an honor. I'm sure they didn't see it that way. So we mentioned the Barguest coach makes trips there. That's the headless. Yes. Mm-hmm. Widows of the family of the dead sailors would often find that the coach visited on the third night after the burial of their loved one. After the dead so- sailor is collected and on board the coach, it then takes off. It rides through the graveyard into the darkness towards the sea where it disappears. I mean, that's kind of cool, really, in a scary way. (laughs) Yeah, in a scary way. So we also mentioned Bagdale Hall earlier. Now, it's approximately 500 years old. Yeah. Pretty old. That's pretty old. Don't you dare say I'm like that age. I I would never say something like that. Why would you insinuate that? (sighs) Yes, you would. You don't look a day over 400. This is the hotel that Brown Bouchel haunts. Bouchel likes to scare employees as well as guests. Like we said earlier, he owned the place but was also a pirate. During the 17th century, Bouchel had a bad habit of switching sides during the English Civil War. So, as you can imagine, this didn't sit well with either side. Hey, babe. Yes. Can I punch you in your face? Why? Because you're mean. Are just, you being serious? Just once. <laughs> just like all up in your face. Can I or not? No. Ugh. All right, go on. Anyways, this guy kept switching sides and nobody liked that, that he was switching sides of the war. Yeah. His treason actually got back to the royalists and he was arrested and beheaded for his crimes. Because what he would do, he would just switch to whatever side benefited him the most. Oh, yeah. That's not cool. Since then, Bouchel has supposedly haunted these grounds. His presence is known to be accompanied by the feeling of dread and doom. That sounds like fun. I look forward to it every day. 
Okay, one more haunted place. Okay. We mentioned that one of the two lighthouses was haunted. That would be the Western Lighthouse. This is the one that's haunted by the guy with one arm. Okay. For years, lighthouses have been the subject of horror movies, and this one is a real-life horror story. It was one of these nights where it was storming, really crazy storm outside. The rain was torrential downpour. The wind was so strong that it was enough to take your breath away. The light keeper at the time noticed that the light wasn't on in the lighthouse. So, obviously, there was a problem that he needed to take care of. You know, it's a lighthouse. It's a problem if the light's not working. The keeper started up the stairs to fix the problem. His coat was soaked from the rain as he climbed towards the light. Now, obviously, his coat was dripping, making the steps very slippery and, of course, very dangerous. Unfortunately, he hadn't noticed this. And on his way back down, he slipped and fell all the way down the steps and out the front door. By the time he reached the bottom, he was dead. Why is that funny? <laughs> it's not funny. Why are I'm you laughing at <laughs> Just hearing going, oh, 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 uh, all the way down. It's not funny for real. I wonder how scary it is to be up in the lighthouse all the way to the top during a storm like that. Uh-huh. I mean, I wonder if you could feel like feel like the lighthouse is kind of... I doubt it. You don't think so? No. No. That will be crazy. His spirit has since been seen walking up the pier towards the lighthouse. Some have even seen his body laid out at the floor at the in front of the entrance. I'd be like, I'd be damned if I'm going to climb that lighthouse again and haunt it. I've had enough of that place. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to a few legends of Whitby, such as the Oyster Man of Whitby. Ooh, the Oyster Man. It's not as, it's not as uh, elegant as it sounds. Not really. The Oyster. The Oyster Man of Whitby, Tracy, it, this was during a time when oysters were actually a quick meal for the poor. Oysters yes. were a quick meal for the poor. Okay, yes. okay. That makes sense. So there was a scruffy gentleman in town known as the Oyster Man. Now, he was known this because he would actually catch the oysters and he would travel around and sell to the sailors that were in the pubs in Whitby. Very so cool. he would just like go around to pub to pub and say, hey, yeah. I got oysters. He would walk Better in. Better crabs. He would, <laughs> he would walk in and yell, Oyster alive, oh. That's what he said. I can't help it. I'm not British. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure they got their attention. People it was would, cool that he did that, People though, for would real. rush to get their cheap dinner. Well, good for them. So one evening, though, the man entered the Golden Lion Inn, and it was a normal stop for him. He'd been there on a regular basis. But tonight was going to be a little different. John Smith was in town, and he was uh, kind of a jerk, we'll say. Not a very good drunk. It was a very cold evening, and he was looking for a fight. He decided that his target was going to be the Oyster Man. Oh. John Smith starts yelling insults at the Oyster Man. And he, Oyster Man says, you know, I'm not having any of this. He grabs his bag, and he just starts to walk out. But then he was like, oh, hell no. So he yelled some insults back at John Smith. John heard the insults, and then the fight was on. In self-defense, the Oyster Man pulled out his knife 
and stabbed John Smith, killing him. Wow. I thought he was going to say he swung his bag of oysters at his head or something. <laughs> and he was never actually convicted of a crime, but he lived with guilt the rest of his life. Well, I'm sure he did. So now on cold nights, it's said that you can hear the oyster man yell his patented, Oyster alive, oh, as the ghost still walks the streets of Whitby. Now see, that didn't even have to happen. No, it didn't. Dude, take your drunk ass outside, go somewhere else, and don't be bothering somebody that's trying to feed the poor people. Right. He's just trying to make a living. Well, he got what he deserved, I guess. No, well, nobody deserves to die, but don't be interrupting the man and his duties. All right, this is a quick story. The Wesley family ghost. So in Whitby, there was a very popular man by the name of John Wesley. His family loved Whitby. And they were very well respected. But the Wesley family had a secret. They had their own ghost. Really? A ghost that they were so fond of that they would even set an extra plate at the dinner table for it. The spirit was considered very friendly and beloved by the family. But when John Wesley died, the ghost suffered great pain from the loss. And it began to visit places that John frequented on a regular basis. Today, it's believed that the Wesley's family ghost hangs out at the chapel steps and persuades passerbys to enter the chapel as they linger. So you're saying that the ghost that was with the family mourned the loss of John. That is really something. Isn't that something? It's a cool story. It's a very cool story. It's like a pet or something. Yeah. It's like the ghost with a pet. Aww. I like right. that. One last story, and then we'll listen to Annie. During the late 19th century, there was a very cruel woman. She was the landlady of a rooming house called the White Horse and Griffin. Now, it's still a hotel today. Now, the story goes that the lady would look at someone and just make an instant decision if she liked them or not. And if she didn't like you, she would sure enough let you know it. Well, one night, she was walking down the steps. She slipped, cracked her head open, and slowly bled to death. The ghost? She wasn't a ghost. Oh, the lady? The she lady? The landlady. Da- oh, the landlady did. Yeah, give her a chance to be a ghost first. Dang, man. She died alone much as she lived her life. Aw. Ever That's since, sad. there's been reports of guests feeling uneasy and unwanted. It's as if the entity is telling them to leave. Most think that this is the ghost of the old landlady. But I don't understand why she had to be that way. Did she not even talk to you or anything? She just like looked at you and if she just didn't like the way you looked or something, that's it? I don't know. I guess that's pretty much it. I guess she just rubbed it the wrong way. You rubbed it the wrong way. First impressions meant everything to her. Anyway, that's the story on Whitby, the small town with a large number of hauntings. That's a bunch. Yeah. Well, those were interesting stories. I thought they were fun. Yeah, they were. So anyway, let's take a quick sponsor break and we'll be right back. All right, Tracy, we are back, and we've already talked about the West Virginia show, so there's no sense in bringing that up again. Uh, We do have Bobby Mackey tickets still available, and we will be at Scarefest in October. I know. I'm excited about that. So, yeah. And we also found out, well, I'm not going to announce that yet, so I'll announce that later when I have more details. But anyway, the cruise is coming up. Uh, It is. And we bought a new suitcase. I had no idea they were that expensive. Been forever since I bought one. What the Sam heck? 
Those are expensive. We're they just are. trying to condense. We have suitcases, but we just didn't want to take Yeah, we wanted a bigger suitcase. Yeah. Yeah, but, we got like three suitcases. Yeah, and we were like, oh. And a duffel bag if we want to slum it. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking forward to it, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys for sure. Yeah, I think next week we'll have the itinerary, because I know yes. some people have been asking. They're going to... Um, they're going to send it out through regular mail, and they're going to send it out through email. So be watching for both in the next week or so. Sounds good. All right, Tracy. So what you got over there? Well, I'll tell you what I got. <laughs> Dag, don't it? Well, I asked. That works out. <laughs> well, for iTunes this week, we had Callie Waters, 91, and we had Jolene. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. Now she lists her name like four times like that, or did you just no, say it four times? I just said it four times. Okay. Mojo Lobster, Junior from Sacramento, Jason B, and Arnett64. Thank you guys for your such nice reviews. They were really nice. I think we need to do another leave a review, take a chance to win a gift thing. I feel like we, we need to do while. that too. Yeah, we so, do. So but... let's let's do that. This coming week. Anybody who leaves a review, we will give you uh, a chance to win a t-shirt and uh, a peach cobbler mix. Oh, that's all right. So you get a t-shirt. Is it as if it's only a good review? <laughs> <laughs> no. So no, I'm just playing. But the bad ones probably won't get picked. No, we get no. picked through auto generator. Yeah, so we, we do that anyway. But yeah, so leave a review this week and, and you have till Sunday, next Sunday. And um, we'll do an auto-generated thing. One, give each one of them a number. One okay. through however. That's so fun. We'll I like doing that. Yeah. I do. I like doing that. Our Patreons, and I slapped my lips. Sorry, y'all. Mm-hmm. Patreons are Summer Wages. What a fun name. It is. It is a fun name. Savannah Marcion. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Thank you, guys, for your patronage. We uh, appreciate you so much. And Thank you all for taking your time out to do that for us. Yes. All right. So let's go ahead and let's listen to Annie Weaves and we'll be right back. Hey, guys, I am excited because I've got one of my all time favorite people, Annie Weaves, on, on the uh, hotline here. And it's the first time in fairness, Annie, it's the first time I've ever called a hotline. So that should be special for you. You flatter me far too much, <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I will not tell Tracy that you said that. I'm totally going to tell her you said that. Uh, but no, I'm so appreciative. It's I, it's fantastic to be on here. It's an honor and a thrill. So thank you so much. You know, it's funny because our relationship has grown really over the last couple of years. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this all started from CryptidCon, right? It did. So we started talking after I've done a podcast, Serial Spirits, and also did a live show, a live Facebook stream on Paranormal Warehouse and the Manifest Network. And I had you and Tracy on several times. And I think originally we did talk about CryptidCon. And uh, it, it just kind of was a, a love relationship that grew from there. So I think we actually had Jeff Waldridge to thank for that, didn't we? Yes, it's exactly what it was. Yes. So thanks to him. Actually, I think CryptidCon is coming up soon, isn't it? Yes, we are there. It's going to be, it's uh, the 20th and 21st. So it's the, the Saturday and Sunday before Thanksgiving. Nice. Well, tell everyone we said hello there and we appreciate uh, them bringing us together. Yeah, because I mean, since then, 
we have hooked up with with uh brendan your your significant other and we hooked up at at, uh, the mothman festival we did and then you came out and actually uh talked uh on some stories and stuff you'd had at the uh, when we did our live show in point pleasant I did. Yes, that was a great time. And we've missed, we've so missed the Mothman Festival for the past two years. Uh, We actually had friends who still came from uh, some different places all over the country for it this year. But yeah, we met beneath Mothman Stone Cold Heine, didn't we? Yes, we did. (laughs) Yes, we did. So, and, and one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on is because you and I, and Shay and Tracy, and I, and it's Brendan, but she calls him Shay, so I feel yeah. privileged to call him that too. Anyway, but you guys are the hosts of Serial Spirits, and you guys have been on a little bit of a break. Just uh, you're you're a fairly new mother. How how old is is uh, Rory now? So Rory will be two in December, and between toddler life and COVID life, working in a hospital, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. We did a really big series that we kind of went all in. We threw in our chips and did a series about Indrid Cold and Mothman and all of the crazy things that kind of began in Point Pleasant and then just circumvent around the nation talking about UFO sightings and technology, these locations of high tech that had all of these UFO sightings. And we went all in with that. We did a huge series that took, gosh, almost a year to uh, to research and record and develop and then send that out amongst the world. And so we went on a little hiatus after that to kind of reel it in and see what we wanted to do from there. But Serial Spirits is a mashup of true crime, paranormal, UFO, cryptids, it's all the creepy stuff that, that you want to hear combined. And so we'll be back soon. You guys live in West Virginia. So that's one of the reasons why we had you at the uh, uh, Point Pleasant show. But you also have done a bunch of stuff at uh, Lake Shawnee. Yes. Yes. And uh, you've been on a couple of television shows, one of which you didn't even know you were on. Because I remember I, I called and told you, I said, hey, I just saw you on the William Shatner uh, show. And you're like, well, I didn't I don't remember doing anything, but it was oh, something you you had done and they snipped it. It did. Yeah. So I've been on, I think, three different uh, travel channel productions now at Lake Shawnee Amusement Park, which is in a, a little town called Rock, West Virginia, down around the West Virginia, Virginia border. Lake Shawnee has a very deep, very dark history And I had the opportunity to investigate there, gosh, starting about five years ago and had the holy grail of all paranormal experiences the very first night I was there, which was a full-bodied apparition. And so I started telling that story over and over again. And as I did, uh, people started calling and they wanted to hear it. And so a few years later and a few different productions, I've been honored to go down and do that and tell that story several different times and Lake Shawnee, man, it's a trip. We got to get you and Tracy down to Lake Shawnee because you literally camp on the property. There's nothing there. There are no buildings to investigate. It's just you and the property and the elements. And it is super creepy all the time. Uh, I'm all for it. And we've tried to make that happen, but then with COVID, everything kind of 
you know, yeah, everything just went on, on pause for that last year. So November of 2020 was the last time that I was there. And I got a call last minute from one of the producers for portals to hell, which is hosted by Jack Osborne. And in this case, it was Heather Taddy who used to be on paranormal state. So I got to go down and tell my story to Jack and Heather, and it was a really good time. And it, it turned out far better the, even than I had expected. So a lot of fun. I've heard that we were talking to Dalen Spratt from ghost brothers. Of course, he's got the show fright club with uh, Jack, you know, him and the, and the other guys from, from the ghost brothers. He said that Jack Osborne is a super nice, really down to earth kind of guy. He was so nice. We, I literally walked into the production in the middle of their lunch break and Jack is sitting over there just like this super, just normal person eating his pita pit and his bag of chips. And I say hello to him, just like you're walking past a friend in like the school cafeteria. And he was like, oh, hey, how are you? And after the conversation that we had, uh, we did this, it was literally a round table discussion of paranormal investigators and folks who had um, volunteered at Lake Shawnee over the years telling their stories. And at the very end, I had the opportunity to talk with Jack about the psychic that they had coming in there, Michelle Bellinger. I've had the pleasure of working with Michelle over the years as well. And so we had a conversation about that. Very nice guy, very down to earth. Um, you just never know what to expect when you walk into these television productions. And I was very pleasantly surprised with Jack Osborne. Nice. I'm glad to hear that because he does seem like a nice guy. And so many times people you see on TV aren't the person off camera that they are on camera, but I'm very glad to see that he actually is one of the nice guys out there. He was, he lives up to the hype. Such a nice guy. All right. So one of the reasons that I brought you on tonight, it wasn't for uh, just a whim. There actually is a reason we just announced now this will air later, but at the time that we're doing this, we just announced last night that we are going to do our sixth anniversary show at the old hospital on college Hill, which is in uh, Williamson, West Virginia, which is only about an hour and a half from you guys. So that makes it perfect. You were the first call that I made to see if you wanted to participate. And then I find out that you actually just investigated there. What, uh, like last month or something. Yeah. So number one, I didn't know it was going to be an anniversary. So what do you buy somebody for their sixth anniversary? Got to look that one up for starters, but yeah, I think a casket (laughs) (laughs) in our case, it is probably, um, (laughs) Cemetery vault. No, but we did. I, so here's crazy story. I grew up about an hour from Williamson, West Virginia, which is a small coal town that is really just nestled in the hills of West Virginia. Growing up, I was an athlete in school and we used to play ball in Williamson all the time. I've driven past the old hospital on College Hill more times than I could even tell you and never paid attention to it. At that point, the building was probably still being used as hospital offices. So it was still uh, in effect in use. And when I found out that it was one of these locations that they are advertising as being very paranormal active now, I thought, 
I know where that place is. And it, it just never crossed my mind that it would become what it is now, because now you're seeing it on TV, you know, destination fear was there. And, um, it just kind of blew me away that all of a sudden it's in the spotlight. And so I had the opportunity to go with a group of friends that were literally from all over the country back in August. We had a friend from New York, one from Boston, a group of guys from Middle Tennessee, all the way out to Washington State. And we all converged upon the old hospital on College Hill and had a really interesting investigation. And I'm super pumped to be able to go back with you guys because. I feel like we just scratched the surface of what was there and I'm ready to really dig into it more and, and peel away the layers and see what's really there. Now, much like we do on our Bobby Mackey show, our Bobby, now when we go to Bobby Mackey's, that's the only show we do that's actually inside the haunted location and involves a tour. So it's, you know, it's a little different scenario. Most of the other shows we do, we have two, three, four podcasts with us. And it's just fun, but we're usually at a VFW or we're at a restaurant or whatever the case is. That's what always set Bobby Mackey's different than the rest. And that and we decided that when I, I got to meet uh, Tanya and Charlie, who own the place, and Charlie's actually also the mayor of Williamson. So that's pretty cool. Charlie but- Hatfield. Yeah, he greeted us there that night. And, and you know, Mayor Hatfield shows up, you know, you're in for a night. <laughs> <laughs> but so I got to meet, I got to meet them. I've had Tanya and uh, Marianne Farley, who actually is one of the tour guides up there on our show. Marianne's been a, a friend of ours forever. And uh, I got to, I've got them on the show, but I hadn't talked to Charlie yet. And during Scarefest, they had a booth set up. So I sat and started the dialogue with uh, Charlie and, and uh, Tanya about coming up there. And then it continued on until we, we said, look, I, I said, I, I want to be able to do something, but I'd like to be able to do it inside and have it culminate with a tour. They were excited about that. And when I uh, reached out to Tanya a couple of days ago, she was like, yeah, yeah, that would be great. We've, we haven't had an event like that because they've really only had this thing open for like a year or so. And the story was basically that Tanya and Charlie were both born in that hospital. And uh, as, as the place kind of fell from one owner to an, another other owner, they was talking about, you know, tearing it down and all that. And Tanya and Charlie said, Hey, we, we don't want that to happen. So they, you know, went into with it with another investor and they bought the property and uh, like they started trying to fix it up. And that's what they're using some of the money for is to keep fixing it up. There's, an old uh, nursing school that's right there, thus the name on uh, College Hill. And they're wanting to turn that into a possible, you know, like a possible bed and breakfast type deal and a, put a restaurant there, but all that stuff takes money. And uh, so they're, they're using these investigations and stuff, but they got a big break when Destination Fear said they wanted to come there and, and actually be the first TV show to come there. And they made that their season finale for season two, I think it was. And that's, now they're starting to really get some publicity on the place. So I thought it'd be a fine time for us to go. That's a, well, we're going to be there on August 20th and the 21st is actually the show's true sixth anniversary. So that, but this is a Saturday, so we're going to do it, but we're going to do it during the day. So it's going to be like a one o'clock to three o'clock that deals, but you guys, you and uh, uh, Brendan are going to talk for a little bit. Uh, we'll probably get, Mary Ann or Tanya to talk a little bit about the place and then we'll end it with a tour after, after we do our little set, it's going to be a really fun event. It'll be 
an amazing event because it's one of those places that you walk into and you feel welcome by Tanya and Charlie. It, it feels like they're there really trying to preserve this location, trying to do the right thing. We're seeing a lot of that in our area now, really preserving the history behind some of these locations. And they could have easily knocked this place down and just said, forget about it. Nobody really wants it here. But instead, they said, let's try to make something out of it. And, you know, my family is all from down in that area. So it's very likely that I had relatives who were born there or who died there. And you walk in and you feel that energy. If you've ever investigated a hospital before, there's a certain energy that comes with it. And you feel that when you walk into the old Williamson Hospital, Old Williamson Memorial, or the old hospital on College Hill. And it's, uh, I'm so excited to go back there with you guys. Like I said, we had a really interesting investigation there. And I can't wait to see if we turn up some stuff midday because we had activity going on there uh, during the day. We started early and, and went into the uh, early evening and early night. And it was, it was a great evening. So let's talk about that. You you said that there was all kinds of talk of, of good activity going on there. And when I talked to you a couple of days ago, you said you guys had some pretty good activity during the uh, investigation you had. Tell me a couple of things that happened that you guys caught. We did. So a lot of the activity happened very early on. We got kind of bombarded with activity when we came in and then it got a little quiet the rest of the night. But I, I felt very drawn to go up to the third floor. The third floor really hit me as a place that was full of energy. And Brendan and I sat down in a room at the very end of the hall. And we started doing just a quick burst EVP session. So we were recording at about 30 seconds. Then we'd listen back to it. And just a couple of minutes into that, as we're sitting there, the door opens to this room that we're in. We had pushed it closed and the door just starts opening very slowly on its own. So it was almost like someone kind of walked in and said, okay, I'm here, what do you wanna talk about? And within a few minutes of that happening, a couple of our friends, uh, Matt Fioli and Casey Boatwright, who are from Gateway Paranormal down in Tennessee, came up and began investigating with us. And as we're standing at the end of the hall, we start seeing shadow play at the opposite end of the hall. So I see something walk from right to left across the hall, blocking out the light. And the guys are seeing it too. And it was almost like it's kind of toying with us. So we would see it at one end of the hall. We'd kind of go down to the other end of the hall. Maybe something would happen down there. And a lot of it was shadow activity. At one point, Matt Fioli is sitting in a room by himself. In, on the third floor and he sees shadow activity out in the hallway and then feels something touch him. And I got a very clear EVP at that point as he said that something was messing with him that very clearly says his last name, which is odd because it, it's, it's not a common Not the most common name, name, yeah. It's not a common last name. And so some, some good EVPs came out of there, a lot of shadow activity. The basement is a very bizarre place. And so when uh, we talked with Tanya at the beginning of the tour, she told us that they're the incinerator for the hospital 
is down in the basement and that they feel very strongly that there could still be human remains in that incinerator. So there's a lot of stuff still down there. I can't tell if it's human remains or not, but we did get a lot of activity down in the basement as well. And a lot of that shadow activity as well. So we had a a motion sensor activator set out in the hall and it kept being tripped as we're doing these short burst EVP sessions, really containing our energy and focusing on what was going on in that moment, trying to converse with it. Um, So yeah, a a lot of, it almost felt like it was very, um, it was very curious about us. It wanted to know more about us as we wanted to know more about it. And so that's why I'm excited to go back with you guys and fill the place out again. It's one of those places, there's a lot of layers. You got to peel back. You think about the energy behind a hospital, right? People lived out their best and their worst moments in hospitals. It was, especially in an area that was as remote as Williamson, once they made it to this hospital, it was life or death. And so it's either their salvation or it's the end of the road. And you feel that energy in there and you feel that it's been closed up for a while and that you're going in and treading on someone else's turf and learning how to kind of build a relationship with it. So it's very interesting. It's a very interesting haunt. Now to switch, uh, switch stories a little bit, you obviously are, like we said, you're in West Virginia. I'm, I'm assuming here without talking to you that you've probably been to some of the other hot spots in West Virginia, such as either Moundsville or Trans-Allegheny. Would I be a, right or wrong in that? Moundsville, no. Trans-Allegheny, yes. I spent a night in Trans-Allegheny and it was a phenomenal location. I mean, that place is just, have you been to Trans-Allegheny? I'm sure No, I've not been to either one and that's on my list. So Shay has been to Moundsville. I have not. I've been to Trans-Allegheny. We need to hit both of them. Trans-Allegheny is massive. It is just enormous. And at the time I had the pleasure of going up with a group of friends And there was uh, a tour guide there that they called, the guy's name was Copperhead. That was his nickname. (laughs) And I don't think Copperhead is there anymore, but he was like the guy to know when you wanted to go to the hottest spots in Trans-Allegheny. And I went with some friends who knew Copperhead and he took us there and it was, it's just phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Such, such a grand location. Um, and so much to explore. You could spend a week in there and not cover all the location that you needed to do in Tala. It's crazy. That's the way we felt when we went to Eastern State. That place is just, it, they're, and they're built kind of similar. So it's that same kind of Gothic style, but yeah, yeah it's crazy. The, uh, oh, no, I, no pun intended. <laughs> right. I can't remember what they're, uh, the, uh, I'll shoot the, the name for those, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's it, after it's after the guy who in, invented on my cat. I'm I'm with you, but I can't remember the name. It was a certain the Kirk, the Kirk Bride. Kirk Bride, that's right. Kirk Brides. All those Kirk Brides are so beautiful. They're all kind of built in the same fashion. And Trans Allegheny has outlying buildings that at the time that I went were being used for something else, so they wouldn't let tours go through. But yeah, we I, I got to 
get you in, in Trans-Allegheny as well, because it's, it's phenomenal. It's a beast. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, if, if I had to pick five places that I haven't been to yet, that one's actually there. Actually, believe it or not, Ohio State Reformatory is on that list too, because I haven't been there. We stopped, but it was on, on our way back from Erie. It was during COVID and everything was shut down. So we couldn't even go through on a regular tour. We've done the same thing. I've done the tour. I haven't spent a night. Um, and so I would love to get there. I have not been to Waverly Hills. So when you talk about places that in your location that you've never been that you want to get to, I've never been to Waverly Hills. And that seems like such a sin as a paranormal that's, investigator. That surprises me because you're only like three and a half hours from there or three something. hours from Louisville. And so, yeah, it's there's so much around us, so much history, so much to investigate. And uh, old hospital on College Hill is just one of those locations. And uh, yeah, we, we kind of live in this hot spot of historical places that are very, very haunted. Yeah, so I'm super excited. And like I said, we'll have to make it a point since since you or, nor myself have been to Moundsville, that's be one we're definitely going to have to hook up and do. We definitely have to go. Shay has been, and you'll have to ask him about the, uh, the experience that he had down in the Sugar Shack. It's, I, I think whatever was there kind of wanted to keep him there. So, <laughs> and of course the sugar shack was kind of like the, the break room type area where all the prisoners would go. And then they, obviously they had, they could get snacks and they could play, I don't know, billiards or whatever they had down there, but that was kind of their game room type deal. And a, of course, a lot a, of bad stuff happened. Down there. A lot of bad stuff happened in the sugar shack. And so he had some really cool responses and, and some, uh, experiences down there. So yeah, Moundsville, let's, let's do it all. Let's just make kind of a, a world tour of haunted locations. We'll do that. Annie, it was fun having you on. Thanks for jumping on on short notice. Absolutely. I am always here for you and Tracy. Love you guys. You are the best. And uh, I, I'm so excited for August 20th, 2022. Yeah, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of twos in there. A lot of twos. <laughs> All right, my dear. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to talk to you and Brandon soon. We'll see you guys soon. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this week. We're looking forward to seeing a bunch of you in West Virginia. Cannot wait, guys. We hope you all have a blessed week. See you next week. <laughs>